just enough chill in the air, some dust, and some diesel exhaust, but I love it because it means it's harvest time. The bins are all cleaned out, or at least they should be. The service techs are all highly caffeinated, and it's time to get to it. And we're coming along for the ride. Welcome to the Harvest Trail Podcast, where we're going to meet up with the heroes of the harvest and tell their stories. In hopes that when we're done, we're all a little smarter. And now to the show. All right, welcome back to the Harvest Trail Podcast. The Harvest Trail continues through the metropolis of Waverly, Iowa, with Jason Dykey of Dykey Implement back on the show, now in living color driving us down what road is this Jason? this would be 218 business business it feels if it, we were talking about feeling up market earlier as to whether or not one should enjoy miller high life in the can or the bottle do you save the bottle for the special events yes that considers of 22 shooting 22 <laughs> it's not the same shooting cans is it it is nuts. cans are great for bb guns but after that nah no, you don't get the same excitement. I remember when they used to sell those, the little the little half bottles of the champagne beers. Right, Do you remember the that? little squat can, the squat squat bottles. Grenades. We yes. call them grenades. Yes. So you would go down to the you go down to the the pub and you'd get a bucket of grenades. They would do it as a deal. Very elegant. Very elegant. And uh, and perfect size really. Because sometimes you only want that. I, I don't know if you noticed. I don't know beer. if you noticed here lately. Coors have reintroduced the banquet beer bottles. I have seen that. I have. But the question is, do they use corn? You know, I don't think so. Because it says right on the thing, special malted barley and mountain water. Yeah. Yeah. You. You. You got to know better. Than to mess with the corn farmer. That's right. That's right. In this, in this, in this lay, lay of the land, it is bush light. It is bush. We will sacrifice and drink bush light. <laughs> in the I name won't. of the corn farmer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like bush light. <laughs> so tell me, so tell me where we are in harvest right now. Well, we just finished up beans last week. Um, we're starting to get a good start in corn. We've got a tremendous amount of corn to get out. Uh, the yields are absolutely spectacular. Moisture's sitting in there right around that 19 to 20%. I think that's as low as it's going to get. Yeah, so so you're, if we're, so we got a bunch of corn, but the beans are wrapped up yep. for the most part. Beans are wrapped up. Now the, the poop haulers. They're going, they're going full bore. Okay. Okay, they're how are they doing? Bore. They're doing great. Um, they're doing great. I've talked to a couple of my crews. They're doing great. The fence are running like fence always do, and that's just, they just run. There is no better tractor for serious serious hauling than a fent is there there's there's only one tractor to do everything with and that's a fent <laughs> you're not biased at all none <laughs> but tell me tell me this i mean these guys these these guys hauling i mean goodness that is the top of the envelope of a tractor's use the, why the, do they love a fent one they simply as i stated early they simply just work um they're reliable um, day in, day out, they're reliable, they're highly efficient, and they're comfortable. And they can handle the demands that we put on that tractor day in and day out that we're doing with that commercial manure hauling. You're going down the street with that massive tank behind you. The braking power, the suspension system, the steering, it makes a difference in how comfortable you feel 
with that well, much weight behind you. And on that, on that tractor, on the Fent tractor, on the 900 and 1000 series, all of those systems are integrated with each other. So it acts as, it acts as a whole instead of each system working independently. Yeah, yeah. And these are all things that, you know, haulers certainly feel these things every day while they're working. But it also means something to the guy who's taking tillage down the road, to to someone who's pulling a planter. You know these these benefits, these 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 safety um, these safety features, comfort features. Everybody can enjoy them, not just somebody working at the absolute edge of what right. a tractor can Correct. do. Correct. So my my row crop guys, you know their biggest statement is, yep. After the end of a 15, 16, 18 hour day pushing hard, pulling that planter, pushing hard, trying to get that tillage done before the ground locks up, is, yeah, we're tired at the end of the day, Yeah, but we're not worn out. No, you still have enough energy to go down and get a bucket of grenades. That's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> so, as these guys are finishing up harvest, some of them are gonna be, you know, some are putting on manure, some guys are doing tillage. Now, your tillage practices around here are they still trying to just glance the surface? We're, we're guys going down deep. You know, I got guys doing everything. Um, everything. We've got guys doing nothing. We got guys doing strip till. We got guys doing vertical tillage. I got guys moldboard plowing yet, and then I've got guys ripping deep, and I got guys using just chisel plows. Now, so, now something that's come up in this discussion is is the use of manure uh, to try to manage these increasing prices of nutrient inputs. Your guys that are hauling and your farmers that are using the manure, is that strategy working? I mean, um, you said the yields were hot this year. What so do you got? We've, we ran a couple of tests this spur, or, you know, that we did last fall, and we did a little trial run this, this fall. Um, yeah, and I've got some guys that are sw switching over and trying to almost zone apply that manure. And then we're making that, you know, putting our seed bed right up, right above that zone, um, and it's showing extreme, extreme promises. Wow, wow! And you know, anything we can do to try to get the the cost of inputs, first of all, reduced. Second of all, localized. You know, you feel a lot better putting down manure that's coming from, you know, your neighbor who you're selling grain to for his operation, or your your work is supporting his operation. And uh, and finding ways to manage these inputs as they as they uh, as the prices continue to go up. Correct. Correct. Right, tell me what we're looking at. You're pointing at something. I'm trying to find a customer that's running combine. <laughs> the one we're seeing now, or the one we? Uh... Well, it should be. We should be on top of this. We got to go over this viaduct. Yeah, yeah. The one that we're going to should just be on the other side of this viaduct. So we're getting towards the end of the season. You got a lot of things. Well, I say a lot of things. There are things for sale. Not a lot, but what are you uh, what are you trying to do to get the customers in the store? Well, right now, um, one, we're pushing pre-sales. Two, uh, we're talking to customers about sneak, I mean, the prices of fuel are getting crazy. Um, I was just out today earlier with a customer that's running competitive machines. Uh, we took out a new Gleaner S97 uh, and ran side by side with them. Um, and the efficiencies of the Gleaner versus Brand X Combine um, granted, his was a class eight, mine was a class seven. He was running an eight row, I was running a 12 row, but- um, You were still doing more per hour. I was, I, was, I, was, I was bringing in more bushels per hour, covering more acres per hour on probably 35%, if not 40% less fuel. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now you've you've been known to do special things to bring customers in the door. It's kind of a, a dikey tradition, and one of the more unique ones that doesn't get discussed enough is when your dealership raffled off a monkey. Well, you say raffled off. It was actually a, a door prize. So my oh, was, that make you know then that makes it better. Sorry, well, sorry, I said raffle. Right. So it was my great grandfather and and my grandfather. Uh, we had a new store that we'd started up, or that we built downtown Waverly, and we had this grand opening of this new store. And um, as a drawing to draw people in, we gave away a monkey. Where did this monkey come from? I don't know where this monkey. I'm sure my grandpa procured it somehow. How do you he was, procure him? This is this is Waverly, Iowa. He also, is there a monkey he store? He also had cockatoo, cockatoo, a monkey breeder. He had all sorts of things. He had all sorts of birds he was just an animal lover he had homing pigeons but yeah i'm pretty sure so my, he was just reducing his own stock is what it was he was well, going through he's like what am i going to get I, oh the monkey i could get rid of well, the monkey I, there was a parakeet in the store at the time and a monkey the parakeet they had to give away also because it was learning foul language um <laughs> the monkey i think the monkey was just mean you know the parakeet leaving did that really reduce the amount of foul language in the store uh, no, did it? no no that's still that's something they've increased it that's something that still continues today <laughs> <laughs> so, so why why abandon the tradition of exotic and possibly illegal to keep animals in your dealership? Well, I don't know. I think I don't know if the government has some rules against that or not. But here, here a couple of years ago, we were having our 75th anniversary, and I was sitting down with with my father and Rick, and they were asking what we should do for door prizes. And I said, Hey, how about a monkey? How about we give away a monkey? And they all looked at me like I was, you know fell off the cuckoo's yeah, nest. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's not like we've ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy idea. Who would do that? <laughs> right, right. So in, so in my office, I have I have an old old newspaper clipping. It's, it's a full-page ad of the uh, grand opening of our new store. Come in and see Mr. Hibbs, you know, and had all of the drawing, or, you know, all of the door prizes and stuff. And I had this, I have this really good customer. And he comes in, he is, he is looking at that because he likes antique stuff he likes history and he goes to me he goes mr hibbs mr hibbs how do i know that name and i said well he was a monkey and he looked at me called me some foul names and he said you know my uncle won that monkey and when i was at his house one year on thanksgiving this monkey sat on my shoulder and stole my pork chop yeah I, I love how he's like, Mr. Hibbs, how do I know that name? Was he my shop teacher? Was he the butcher, the baker, or the candlestick? Oh, no, no, no. He was a monkey. He was a monkey. <laughs> a monkey. Yep. All sorts of nasty foul... Uh, all, all sorts of nasty foul language that probably should not repeat, be he was, repeated. He was very... Unha- you know, and, and it's funny that his ire was focused at you when when it was his uncle who and willingly had, accepted the monkey and i had nothing to do with no, the monkey not at all i just know the history of the monkey very very you you were on the receiving end of monkey monkey angst and had not done anything to do it now now but but i do want to say is you did recommend doing it again oh absolutely yeah. why wouldn't you why wouldn't you <laughs> we had we had a shop cat for a while but the shop cat made me mad, so I gave the shop cat, shop, shop cat, shop cat away. Yeah, right. Well, you know, it's, they are nice to keep uh, to keep vermin away and stuff like that. But sometimes they become a bit of a nuisance of their own. Well, it's kind of funny because all the guys came came 
to work the next day and they said, hey, where's Oscar at? Oscar was the cat. I said, well, there's this little kid that came in here on Saturday and she loved the cat, so I gave the cat to her. They're like, you can't give away the shop cat. I said, well, I did. Well, who's going to argue with that, though? Right. they be like, well, no, that little kid, does. he shouldn't have that cat. We need it because I feed it leftover Burger King I after lunch. I don't like cats. <laughs> if it was a dog, I would have never given her away. And some dogs will eat rodents. Right. So the right kind. You know, you could th- think about maybe a... Uh, uh, a basset hound because you could you could get that dog to go into some of the places of the combine they're very long and they're long enough that you could hold on to the tail or a rat terrier yeah rat and they ter- go in and they or get jack russell they'll just climb the combine yeah and so you've got a rodent in there going after wires and and grain and you could just uh, yeah that reminds me uh i remember here a couple years ago i had a customer um bought a new combine and i went out to start him on his new combine and he says um you're going to have to ride on the platform. I said, why is that? He says, because my dog sits in the buddy seat. And I rode on the platform. Really? Yeah. That's the, like the guy who like makes his wife ride in the bed of the truck. This guy the would hound dog this, rides this in the guy front would seat. I rode in a seat with, I rode in a combine with a, uh, with a dog today. But luckily, the dog rode on the floor and I rode in the buddy seat and not the other way around. Yeah, no, no. You know, it really is wonderful to every time i'm talking to you the, the the variety of flora and fauna that is involved is tremendous well you know it's kind of fun i i mean it's no secret i grew up at the dealership i love the dealership but it's the personalities the people that i get to work with uh no two people are the same no two farms are the same uh and i enjoy those personalities i enjoy you know what what everybody brings to the table is just it's just it's it's why you do this well, I'm ready to go see this farmer. You need to be on your best behavior out here. We're professionals. We are professionals, and I'm looking forward to this. Jason Dykey, Dykey Implement. We are in Waverly, Iowa. Make sure you tune in. We're going to probably make a video segment of our visit out here, and it will be posted up along with the podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the program. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I know I did. I also hope you'll keep tuning in for more insight, discussion, maybe a few laughs. And if you'd like to join us on the program and tell us about your harvest, just send us a message by connecting with us on social media. The Harvest Trail Podcast is a production of Agricultural Dealers United and brought to you by some of the best dealers in the business. You can find previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform or at theharvesttrailpodcast.com. The show's produced by Rich Williams, and I'm your host, Jeff Michaels. Until next time, may your bins overflow and the fuel bill stay reasonable. May the bean dust stay on the outside of the cab and the stalk stay out of the tires. And may someone else have to blow out the radiator. Have a great, safe, enjoyable, and bountiful harvest from all of your friends right here at the Harvest Trail Podcast.